One of the first night school episodes of this here night school sub show was about pee shyness and my experiences with being pee shy. Just a pee shy guy. I'm pee shy. That's my identity. It's my new identity. Gotta let you know. Uh, but that would be something that I could really grab a hold of if I wanted to. Because I feel like the world does discriminate against pea shyness. The trough, the massive interconnected trough that you find in men's restrooms and stadiums and occasionally a bar or other establishment that, establishment that doesn't give a fuck about its patrons. Uh, you'll find that giant trough where men just like squeeze in next to each other and piss next to each other. I mean, there's no way like I, I could have drink I, I could have had like gallons of water and there's no way I'm going to be able to piss in that trough. Uh, and even worse than that, occasionally a bar or someplace will have kind of a small bathroom and the trough will be just big enough to accommodate two people, which is worse than a big trough where there's like 20 guys lined up. You know, that's way better than just sharing a trough with one other guy, sharing a piss trough with one other man. Uh, but yeah, being pee shy, I often feel uh, discriminated against. Uh, and I, so I love porta potties. Well, and on top of that, like, I don't know if I have something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but I have to piss all the time now. Over the last few years, couple years, it's been just building where I just piss all the time. Or I ha it's not that I piss all the time. As a pee shy guy, I don't piss all the time. Uh, I, but I have to piss all the time. And part of that is I drink liquids all day. So I know that's part of it. Uh, but I feel like something else must be going on too. Because <laughs> uh, I I, I've reached a point where like so much of my life revolves around bathroom strategies like strategizing where bathrooms are and that whole thing it's, it's such a myth about guys can just go wherever they want you know there's a reason why you don't see guys just walking down the street and like pissing all the time I mean you do a little bit I mean if you look down an alleyway or you know if you if you really try you'll, you can find guys pissing I guess if you really try you can find guys pissing uh, but for the most part, you don't really see guys just randomly pissing all the time because uh, I guess it's illegal. I don't know. That, I've always heard that myth. I think that's discouraged me, too, is that myth I heard growing up about how guys were labeled sex offenders for urinating. And, and who knows who the source of that story is? Who knows what the source of that is? I mean... You know, someone could easily catch a guy like jerking off or like exposing himself and his excuse would just, of course, would just be like, I was just pissing. I was just pissing. There was this school happened to be here and uh, the kids were, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I, I feel like some disgusting person definitely would have used the excuse. Uh, I was just pissing when he wasn't. Uh, so who knows what the source of that urban legend is about these guys who got caught pissing, caught you pissing, sex offender for life. Who knows what the true story of that is? Although here, just hearing that was enough to discourage me on top of the fact that I just don't want to be seen doing it. Uh, I, but yeah, bathroom strategies are very important to me these days. And I love residential porta potties. Like if you come across a, a construction 
like a, like a a development that's under construction, they're almost guaranteed to have a porta potty there. And sometimes they put a lock on it if they're assholes or if they're like, I mean, I would do that. <laughs> if I had like a construction zone or if I somehow needed to have a porta potty for some purpose, see, I was building something, I don't know. I would absolutely put a lock on it after hours. I wouldn't want people using my porta potty. So I'm kind of a hypocrite in that way. I'm kind of a porta potty hypocrite. I'm a pee shy porta potty hypocrite. That's my category, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm definitely a hypocrite in that way. But uh, you know, I love coming across the unlocked construction residential porta potties. Doesn't have to be construction. Sometimes a school will have one, a school that has after school activities like sports. If they have a sports field, soccer practice, baseball, they'll have a porta potty so that the kids can go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, when the school's closed. And uh, that actually makes me think because there's a porta potty I've been using for years, and I, I would say I have a close relationship to this porta potty. And I heard a couple weeks ago that uh, a and it's on a school, it's on an elementary school property near the baseball diamond, uh, the diamond. I, I feel like we should just say we should call more things diamonds instead of squares. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, but yeah, there's this porta potty near the baseball diamond at an elementary school, and I've been using it for years, many years. And I, you know, as someone who goes on runs and walks, especially, you don't want to get caught without a bathroom. You know, there are some places, you know, this place, fortunately, I live in Washington State and not a huge city, so there is a little bit of nature. If you really have to go, you can find some bushes. But it's not as easy as people think. You know, people say, like, you'll hear women say, like, oh, I wish I was a guy because I could just go everywhere. You know, I wish I was a guy because I could just piss on everything anytime and nobody would care. And it's really not possible. You know, even for people who aren't pee shy, you can't just piss everywhere. You can't just be seen doing that everywhere. There are some situations where it's understandable, but you just can't. And uh, so... Porta potties are very important to me, especially going on runs and walks and that kind of thing. I have to almost plan uh, th- those around potential bathrooms, like be like, oh, well, I can go here, and I know there's a bathroom. I know there's a Starbucks. I know there's a Barnes and Noble with their seemingly pristine bathrooms that I can use. Uh, uh, I feel like Starbucks and Barnes and Noble they get the same like bathroom contractor to build their bathrooms. I feel like there's some uh, commonality there. It's those kinds of details, you know. If you spend a lot of your life strategizing, you know, about where and when you, you need to find a bathroom, you start to notice, you know, the way certain bathrooms make you feel, the way certain establishments' bathrooms make you feel. And Barnes & Noble, you know, for a, for a non-single occupancy bathroom for a restroom you have to share with other animals uh it's actually a pretty nice experience uh starbucks is ideal i I couldn't possibly give more credit to an establishment than starbucks for their bathroom design and uh just they usually have at least two single occupancy bathrooms you know, not gender specified, whatever. I don't care about that. But, uh, you know, 
any so it's like if you're waiting in line you get the the next possible bathroom no matter what the next door that opens you're shooting in there uh so i appreciate that about starbucks and their bathrooms are generally clean at least the ones i go to i know there are some nasty ones i can think of one that's a little subpar but even then considering that it's there's a there's a starbucks downtown that's basically a transit center you know, it's basically got like the same people hanging out there, the same vibe going on as a transit center. But even then, that's a pretty okay bathroom to use. Uh, and uh, but yeah, so porta potties in particular, though, are a luxury to me. Uh, if I'm on a run or a walk, you know, seeing a porta potty, it's one of those things like when your parent tells you, uh, just try to go. You know, because we're not going to be able to stop for two hours. So just try to go right now, even though you don't feel like it. Just try to go. When I see a porta potty, I, I take that philosophy. I take that philosophy. Like my inner, there's this inner parent inside of me that's also me. Uh, imagine that. Imagine being you and raising your smaller self. I feel like a lot of stories are based on that. Maybe not. <laughs> there's got to be a movie like that where someone's their own dad. Uh, how come there's no time travel movie about that where they actually become their own dad? Not some shit where they interact with their, their dad when he was young or they interact with themselves. Like They actually live a domestic lifestyle. <laughs> they actually they, they, they live a domestic... They, they have a domestic... What's it called that people say? Like a domestic... Not a domestic partnership. I don't know. There's just a, a domestic relationship between uh, you and your child self and your raising yourself. But anyway, uh, that voice kicks in and is like, well, maybe you should just try to use it. There's a porta potty here and you know, you might not see one for a while. So just try to use it. And, you know, porta potties are disgusting and there's nothing that can take away from that. But porta potties in residential areas usually aren't too bad. Even ones that are used by construction workers and all that. Like, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that a porta potty is disgusting but it is a single occupancy restroom. It is a single occupancy restroom, and therefore it's acceptable to me. And I get excited when I see them, and I just try to, just try. You know, you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come up, so just try to use this porta potty. And I won't use. I'll I'll do everything I can to avoid using like a city porta potty. Uh, and I don't really like those big ones. You know, I know they're. I'm not. Not that they should get rid of them. I understand they're for people with disabilities, and that's great that that they allow disabled people to access porta potties. I mean, that's a, that's a great <laughs> that's a, that's a great uh, you know, let's pin a medal on humanity for that. Uh, at least we allow people with disabilities to share porta potties with us. Uh, but I don't like using those myself. They're a little they're uncomfortably spacious. And it makes me feel like more bad things have gone on there. Not really anything in particular. It just makes me feel like this allows a little too much space for somebody to do whatever they want in here. And it's also more surface, you know, there's also more surface of like potential contamination and all that. It's like, you know, making a porta potty larger just means like more disgusting surfaces. Uh, but I won't turn one down. But yeah, like urban porta potties, if it's in a city, I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid using that. Uh, but there are porta potties, though, that I consider, you know, I depend on. Kind of like, you know, diapers, depends. It's like for me, depends is a porta potty. You grow up, you, you outgrow diapers, and you move on to porta potties. Uh, 
And uh, there's one, though, in particular, and, and I had heard a couple weeks ago, it's at an elementary school. Uh, it's an elementary school, and it, it's on a route I often take on runs and walks, and it's a perfect halfway point from where I live to where I'm going and all that, and I can hit it twice on my way there and my way back. I can hit it twice. Uh, and it's usually filthy, this particular porta potty. For a residential porta potty, it's surprisingly filthy because uh, it there will often be like bags of trash, like like just random shit in there, uh, which I don't see that often. I don't see I, I I see like potato chip bags relatively rarely in porta potties, uh, but this one tends to have more trash and. I heard recently that they found like a guy on heroin passed out, you know, a transient guy on heroin passed out in this particular porta potty. And I didn't really think much of it. I was like, well, yeah, it's inevitably going to happen. There's a lot of people like that in this area, especially now, and uh, you know, I felt I felt for the guy. You know, it's like that guy didn't plan on living his life. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't this wasn't part of, you know, in the same way that I have a bathroom strategy, you know, not everybody has a strategy for things. And I don't think this guy really had a strategy. And I don't think he planned his life around the fact that, oh, you know, when I'm an adult, I'm going to end up passed out on heroin in a porta potty. I don't think he planned that. So to like hate that guy or whatever, or like be mad about it, because people were mad in the neighborhood, which is understandable. I mean, and then it's an elementary school. So that's really where my moral outrage comes from is just like you're doing that at an, at an elementary school i get you're in a drugged out haze i get that your life went you know through a downward spiral so i ha- I, I do have this kind of ambivalence to it uh where i feel like on one hand like what the fuck are you doing you know you're shooting up in a porta potty at an elementary school and passing out there a kid could open that door and find i think that that could even have been what happened maybe a kid found him i don't know so it's like even in your haze, I just hope you know. I, I I would I expect more responsibility out of people. You know, like I I don't have a super high bar for what people have to do, despite what it may seem, despite like what a curmudgeon or how critical I can be, whatever. Like I don't really have a high bar, and anything I point out is generally coming from a place of amusement. But I I have become a lot more serious about like the things you potentially expose kids to, and it, it might seem sort of hypocritical because I was talking recently about, oh, you know, boys need to, you know, if they throw rocks through windows or if they, uh, you know, sneak out at night, it's good for them. It's good for them to break rules. Um, that might seem hypocritical, but it's like, I don't think a kid necessarily needs to open up the porta potty at his elementary school and find a guy, you know, a junkie passed out. You know, I just don't think that that's something a kid needs to be exposed to. It's just going to frighten them. It's not going to necessarily like open their eyes to like what the the world is really like or anything. So I have mixed feelings on that sort of situation, but I, I kind of just tucked it away and didn't really think about it. And I, honestly, it was it was I think when I heard about it, it's like my initial impulse was coming from more of a place of sympathy, where it's like, oh man, that guy's life must be fucked. Uh, but sympathy for the, for, you know, just the whole situation, you know, like I said, I understand how the people in the neighborhood feel, how the school would feel, everybody. It's one of those just no win situations. Uh, and I did note though, that that was my porta potty, one of my porta potties, a porta potty I have a relationship with. 
Uh, but the other day, I hadn't been up there, and the other day, I went for a run, walk thing, and I uh, ended up, I was looking forward to using that porta potty and I get there, and I, I could see from kind of down the street a few blocks away, it was up ahead, and I, I, I thought, I don't see that porta potty there. I don't see it. Maybe it's maybe like that fence is just slightly in the way. Maybe that fence that is way shorter than the porta potty and is see-through because it's chain link. Maybe the porta potty is just somehow hidden behind that fence that I can completely see over and behind. <laughs> you know, a little wishful thinking. Maybe it's just somehow through some like David Copperfield like moving the Empire State's building sort of you know, trick. I'm just not seeing my porta potty there. And sure enough, I get there and it's gone. And I know why. You know, I know why they got rid of that porta potty. And I honestly, I felt like Treebeard in Lord of the Rings because I had been kind of like I'd heard I'd heard about what happened at this porta potty, and I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I don't I don't really have an opinion. I it's fucked for everybody. Blah blah blah. And then I, it's like when the hobbits try to convince Treebeard to like turn against uh, Sauron, and it's like he's just like, well, I have to think about this. You know, I'm gonna do my my best Treebeard voice. Well, I have to think about this. Uh, but uh, and then the hobbits are like, man, like this is urgent. And then they lead him outside the woods. And as he's exiting the woods, he sees like all the fucked stuff that Saruman and the orcs have been doing to the woods. And he's just like, oh, no, these were my friends. You know, that whole thing, which, you know, brings out that ant anger. And I had that same exact experience when I saw that my porta potty was gone. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, you know, it's just, it's fucked up. And, you know, uh, who knows what to do? Who knows what to do, man? The world's complicated. And then I see that my porta potty's been taken away, potentially forever. My porta potty's been chopped down. And it seriously was the same feeling where I was like, this rage boiled, not rage, but, you know, you know. Uh, in the same way that I'm sure it was the same as that ant anger, because it's kind of a slow boil. A slow boiling ant anger. And I was just like, you know, that porta potty was my friend. I looked forward to seeing that porta potty. I'd known that porta potty for years and it was taken down. Uh, and I didn't go and wreck, you know, a tower. I couldn't find a tower. There was a tree house nearby. There actually was, but uh, I didn't tear down a child's tree house. That would have been misplaced anger. That'd be so fucked up if you, like, saw a guy tearing down a, a child's treehouse. Like, you're a kid, and you're inside, and you see that there's a guy. He's, like, just prying the pieces of wood apart. He's just dismantling your treehouse. And you're like, what are you doing? And he's like, they took away my porta potty so I'm taking away your treehouse. Be fun. That'd be fun. God forbid someday you're pea shy like me, and you find that you don't have a porta potty you know, you're just a few years removed from diapers. People don't care if you piss on the side of the road. You don't care. People care if they see me. Uh, the way people feel today, you see a guy pissing on the side of the road, he's still touching his dick. And if he's touching his dick, you know, throw him in jail. It, you know, even if I could, even if people didn't mind, though, that's the thing, is I still wouldn't be able to just go on the side of the road. All those cars passing by, those people who are going to see you for a millisecond uh, and see you doing that, I, I would just, you know, because one of my little techniques, two, here's two techniques. 
Uh, one of them, I don't know if it's a technique or if it's just horrible, but uh, one, one of them is like thinking about flowing water or thinking about waterfalls. And sometimes you'll see a bathroom and they actually have like a framed giant photograph of some beautiful waterfall, like Multnomah Falls. You'll see that. And I didn't understand that when I was a kid. Like you go into a doctor's bathroom uh, and you'd see that and be like, why is there a giant waterfall hanging over the urinal? And now I know somebody understood pee shyness. Uh, somebody understood. Now I know a, a pee shy person put that there or somebody who at least understood pee shyness. Because if you actually think about a waterfall, and sometimes this even works in a crowded bathroom. Not always, not always, but sometimes it even works from around people. Uh, but uh if you think about a waterfall, it makes it a little easier. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's coming from that same place where if you like dream about water, you're going to piss your pants, piss the bed. I don't know if it's the same like idea as that. It could be. Seems very similar. Uh, but if you imagine a waterfall and just the flow and the churn of the water, it actually makes it easier to go to the bathroom. Well, I remember hearing that too as a kid that I heard somewhere, it might have been some old wives' tale uh, about uh, an old husband's tale about uh, how if you run water just a little bit in the sink, it helps you go. So there is something to the idea, and that's a that's magic as far as I'm concerned, like imagining a waterfall to allow yourself to go to the bat, which allows you to somehow like open the gates uh, or the idea of running water somehow. It's like that's some sort of weird harmony. That's like harmonizing with the flow of liquid. It's like you're harmonizing your body with the flow of water. I don't know. It's harmonious. The harmony of a waterfall is what can uh, help you defeat pea shyness sometimes, not always, just sometimes. And the other way is just to hold it for a long time so that you know you, you really have to go. You know, not to the point where you're like hurting yourself or any of that. And that's just a good skill to have, knowing how to hold it, hold it, knowing how to hold it. And I even use holding it in other weird ways uh, where like sometimes I'll be working on a project, like a drawing or just something. I mean, I have to pee right now, actually. I have to pee. When people say pee, uh, I immediately feel uh, I feel like a lesser form of myself when I say pee. Did you go pee? Uh, women and children say pee. No. Uh, but uh, there's something, though, where, where like I'll be holding it while I'm working on, say, a drawing or just something that I'm trying to get done or get a substantial amount of work done on. And so I just hold it for a really long time, and it gives me this sense of urgency that isn't always good because you don't want to rush through something you're working on and showing care and consideration. Uh, you don't want to... You don't want to rush something that you're putting care and consideration into. But sometimes it gives you just the perfect amount of urgency when you just have to go and you don't and you sit there. And uh, it gives you this kind of ang- – it's like a controlled form of anxiety because that's the thing about anxiety is you can really use it to your advantage. It's not just some debilitating, like shaking, nervous, terrified fear uh, you can actually use anxiety to your advantage if you don't think about it too much, if you go with the flow. It's sort of, sometimes when I'm anxious, it almost puts me into like a controlled mania. Like you enter like a voluntary manic state or you just, 
you definitely get a sense of purpose. You know, I talk a lot about that these days of having some undefined sense of purpose and having to go to the bathroom will give you an undefined sense of purpose. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty defined actually, but uh, it'll give you a sense of purpose for sure. And that's another thing too, talking about like spending as much time, you know, strategizing around where I'm going to find a bathroom. Maybe that's like when I say like I feel like I do have some kind of purpose in my life that I can't quite define. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's that like I I know that on any given day, anywhere I go, I'm going to be looking for bathrooms. And in that way, I'm a scavenger. I'm a hunter. I'm looking for something. I have a it's my project. It's my work. It's my my life's work. Uh, and you know, just based on saying all this, you know, maybe someday I'll get a headstone and it'll have a porta potty carved into it, uh, like that guy. There's a a graveyard around here, and there's a guy who has a computer on his headstone, <laughs> uh, or like those Russian mafia headstones that made their rounds in the early internet days, where it's like a Volvo. One guy's headstone was seriously just a, a Volvo, like speeding. <laughs> Uh, mine will just be a porta potty, and it'll say, "These were my friends. These were my friends." Um, but uh, yeah, no holding it. You can kind of use that to your advantage, and it's kind of this controlled anxiety that you can kind of use if you want. If you work on creative projects or ideas, it kind of gives you a little boost. I don't know. And then when you eventually go, it's like kind of a reward. It's like, oh, I'll get this much done, and then my reward is that I get to go to the bathroom. Which is an insane thing that everybody points out, but the whole idea of children having to ask to use the restroom, and I I think I talked about that once on here, how I did piss my pants in first grade because I was told I couldn't go. I was told I couldn't go urinate, uh, which is insane. I mean, what do they think little kids are really going to do in the bathroom if they can just go on their own? I get the idea of, like, informing the teacher. I totally get that. Like, checking in is always a good idea. Say, hey, teach. Hey, teach, I really got to leak it. I really got to take a leak, teach. So I'm going to walk down to the bathroom. And I hope no one's in there, because even though I'm a seven-year-old, I'm a little pee-shy. I don't think I was then, though. I don't remember being pee-shy when I was younger. Uh, I don't remember it then. It developed over time as, you know, neuroses develop as as our minds experience things. But sometimes I'll be, I was on a, you know, a hike with people and like uh, one of the dudes just like turned, we were like all standing around in a circle. This is like last year. And uh, this dude, a friend of a friend, like just turned around and started pissing. And it was no big deal. Like I wasn't like, how dare you do that? Uh, I mean, it was sort of like a haves and have nots. I was jealous of the fact that he could just do that, that he could just turn around. I mean, I bet he has no trouble going to a piss trough he was actually pissing in a lake too, which sort of is the uh, you know it could be used as a giant piss trough, a piss lake. Is this a piss lake? But I would never be able to do that. I would never be able to turn around. Doesn't matter how comfortable I am with the people I you know whether they're my best friends or acquaintances. Doesn't matter who I'm with. I, I wouldn't be able to just turn around. But the nice thing about being on a hike is you really can just go off. You can hang back and find your own little porta potty in the woods and I do choose specific spots in the woods 
even if nobody was around me and I was on a remote trail where I knew I wasn't going to run into anybody, I feel like nature reveals its own bathrooms to you. You know, there's certain places that just look like a bathroom. You're like, oh, that looks like a place where I should piss. You know, it doesn't matter how private it is. That, that looks like a place where people, it looks like nature intended for a bathroom to be there. Uh, and it's just one of those things, you know it when you see it. There's no way to quantify it. You know it when, you know a natural, you, you know a naturally occurring bathroom when you see it. And coincidentally, they're also the places that jumped out to me back when I was younger. And if I were, if I was trying to find like a secret place to smoke weed, uh, it turns out it's the same spots that the bathrooms happen at. So I don't know. There's a place where you can either smoke pot or you can piss. Uh, but they tend to, there's, there's some crossover there. I don't know what that means. They're like stations. That's a station where you can, you know, do activities that you don't want other people to see you doing necessarily. But maybe I should go to therapy for pee shyness. I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, you know, I'm not somebody who's ever been to therapy of any kind. And someone who listens to this show would probably be like, well, well. <laughs> but I honestly, I can't think of anything that I would truly need therapy for at this point except pee shyness. I bet there's a therapist out there who could walk me through that. But they'd probably try to connect that to something else. They'd probably try to say it comes from something else. And I don't need that. I don't need to trace the roots of my pee shyness because I wouldn't even I wouldn't be able to tell you like when it developed exactly just that it was sometime during adulthood sometime during adulthood it developed uh, maybe not I, I can think of some instances when it was maybe as a teenager it was puberty you know what they tell you about puberty you know you start uh, you know, getting erections, you start looking at girls, you start having wet dreams, and then you get pee shy. That's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. You grow pubic hair, but you can't piss. Uh, puberty pee shy. Uh, but yeah, that's the one thing I would go to therapy for is pee shyness. The one thing. Because uh, uh, that and, and porta potties being taken away from me. Pea shyness and porta potties being taken away from me are the two things that I would immediately bring up in therapy if I were to go. I, I'd just be like, you know, uh, they took away my porta potty and I felt like an, I felt like Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. When he sees that his, his friendly, his friends, the trees, have been taken down, they've taken down my friend, the porta potty. And uh, now I got to go piss on a tree. That's the trade-off. Is that uh, you know I've got to go piss on a tree, and in turn I'll upset like some fucking ant somewhere. Because what would an ant do if you pissed on a tree? Is that disrespectful? You know, Lord of the Rings has all that sacred shit. It's like they're very sacred. The elves, and you know, they're very uh, closely uh, connected to the earth. They respect the earth. Uh, but isn't that a form of you know respect? Isn't respecting the earth? you know, finding those natural bathrooms, aren't some trees just naturally, don't they just naturally look like they're, they're made to absorb, you know, your urine? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the natural world is, is, is or isn't anymore. I just know that, I just know that I have to go to the bathroom now. And that's a really good way to end this episode is just to say that I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm using a little bit of that controlled anxiety. Oh, you meditate? 
Oh, you pray? You pray for people? Oh, you meditate? And that's nothing at all like praying? And you hate organized religion, but you do this thing that's almost exactly like praying? Well, I hold it. I hold my urine and and put myself into a state of extreme anxiety and distress. And they take away my porta-potties, which, you know, means that everywhere I go, I feel this way. Everywhere I go, I feel this anxiety. I feel this anxiety. I feel this, and then I feel this pea shyness. Because that's my life in a nutshell. I always have to go, but when I have an opportunity to go, I can't. I can't. Uh, But, uh... You know, it is one of those things where uh, you're you're always caught in this ambivalence. You know, I, I was talking so much about that. I better practice what I preach, and what better way of doing that than having to go to the bathroom all the time, but not being able to? That's ambivalence. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children